What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Step Over Podcast. Uh, I am Jim Adair. With me as always is Max Rappaport. Max, how you doing? Doing great, Jim. Max, as mentioned in the last pod, we are still uh, in the absolute dead zone of the NBA season. Uh, FIBA is coming up soon, um, where I think like at this point, they're going to start like D2 college players on the Team USA team. Um, and it's going to happen. The game's going to happen in the middle of the night. So that'll be a cool thing to not watch at all. Uh, and the NBA schedule has come out, which is a very boring, boring thing to always talk about. So... As we mentioned on the last pod, when we got really sidetracked talking about the movie poster for the film Spymate, um, which I did watch half of, by the way. It's incredibly bad. I can't believe uh, you we, watched not only uh, the movie that we're about to review, but also Spymate, or half of well, Spymate. I watched, like I said, I watched half of Spymate. Um, the monkey's name was Minky. It was, it was just like, like a find and replace situation on the script, on the Word document. Uh, but as we mentioned in the last pod, if you, if you haven't heard the last pod, is that we would we had talked about kind of the extended ABCU, uh, the Airbud Cinematic Universe, and uh, what Robert Vance, as the guy's name is, as it turns out, uh, or was it Vince? Is it Robert Vince? Just watched the movie that he made. Didn't remember his name. Writer, I'm gonna, producer, I'm gonna pull director, up the IMDb just to make sure I get all these. Uh, yeah, we. Have I don't, don't want to jip any one of their their writing credits. Yeah. On this this movie. It's Robert Vince. That's who it is. He directed uh, one of four producers. Uh, one of uh, uh, four. You know what? This is ridiculous already. There's four credited writers for this fucking movie. Okay. All right. Um, before we get into this. God, this is fucking ridiculous. Uh, we put a poll up online asking which movie we should watch and talk about. The options were, I believe... The OG Airbud, right? Um, the OG Airbud, Spy Mate, Spy Mate, of course, which got fourteen percent of the vote. Shockingly low. Uh, what was the third one that wasn't this one? <sighs> was it most most uh, extreme primate, or did, was it something different? Was it an Airbud? I think it was movie? something different. Yeah, maybe it was that. Oh uh, no, wait. So it wasn't OG Airbud. It was Golden Re- Receiver. Oh yeah, which is better than and the original Airbud, in my opinion. Sure. Uh, and then the movie we end up watching because it won the poll. Which is MVP two most vertical primate, um, and I'm just like you just said since you just said before we even get into talking about plot or anything going on here, it's the sequel to MVP most valuable primate, which is a hockey film, um, and I'm looking at the the, are you on the IMDb page for it? I am. Can you read me off the writers for the movie? Yes, the writers are Anne Vince. Yeah. Robert uh-huh. Vince, who I'm assuming uh-huh. are a couple, uh, yeah. and Alon Mestai. Okay. And Is there a fourth one? 
No, I'm sorry. The fourth is actually Robert Vince again. And then in parentheses, it says uncredited. Maybe Mm -hmm. like Robert Vince Jr. But I I don't think so. I think it's the same Robert Vince and just nobody's taken the time to properly vet this IMDb page. Sure. Uh, This might also be a problem of vetting on the Wikipedia page. It says written by uh, Anne and Robert Vince, credited for screenplay comic characters. Uh, Alan Mastai, credited for screenplay. And then credited as the Emissary of Simian Relations is what I can only assume is a made-up name because it's Dingus Butley. <laughs> I, I was expecting that to be kind of like uh, when you go to a, 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 a team's employee page and they have, like, assistant to swoop. And it's like, okay, so that's yeah. swoop. That's the guy who's swoop. Mm-hmm. Like, I was expecting that to be the, the, the handler of the uh of the monkeys but i guess not no i don't think dingus butley is a real person um no no i mean (laughs) there's a dingus butley from las cruces new mexico is on linkedin i'm not gonna click on their page i can't it's not a real person it's not emissary of some relations okay pot off to a great start so far Oh, man. So when did you watch this movie, Max? I watched it on Sunday night. Okay. Uh, I started, Carly watched a little bit of it with me, and her sister was also over. So the three of us started. Uh, I think her sister bowed out about 15 minutes in. <laughs> sure. Uh, Carly about 35 minutes, and then I was uh-huh. was left to watch the full hour 20. Yeah, hour 20, by the way. Hour yeah. 20. I can't hour believe. 20. Yeah. I can't believe they I can't got believe that much out of it. As a... Uh, as um, what are, what are, is is it a Seattleer? What do you call someone who's from Seattle? Seattleite? As a, as native Seattleites, why were they not super into this film, which is set in Seattle? Well, they were really confused because, like, so it's so Carly. Carly understood because she occasionally listens to the podcast, but also I told her we were doing this one. Uh, but she mm-hmm. she had gotten the explanation for why we were doing most vertical primate. It was incredibly. I don't difficult. really honestly understand why <laughs> we did it, but I did no, it anyway. <laughs> it was. It was especially difficult to explain to her sister why on our Sixers podcast we were going to why I needed to watch most vertical primate. Uh, Which is great. So so I can imagine how confusing because one has nothing to do with the city of Philadelphia except for there is one shot of a goalie for the Philadelphia Frost. <laughs> uh, a team which are never mentioned ever again in the ZHL, the, the hockey league in, in, the, in the movie. Uh, there is no mention of Philadelphia or basketball in any way. Other than well, I was, I was going to say though that they, they were both really confused, especially Carly's sister when, and I didn't even realize this, he gets drafted, Jack, we'll, we'll go through the, the whole plot of the movie and kind yeah. of talk more uh-huh. in depth, but he gets drafted by a team in Seattle and I had no idea. So the yeah, movie's the set Simians. in Seattle, uh, aka shot in Vancouver, where yep, yep. every movie set in Seattle is actually filmed. Um, so it's kind of like watching a movie that's supposed to be set in Philly, but like very clearly it's New York. Or like Baltimore, yeah, sure. or a, a set in Los Angeles Toronto. that looks nothing. Yeah, Toronto or something. Yeah. Um, but it Vancouver and Seattle are close enough. They they did an okay yeah. job with that. Sure. Um, I don't know why. I mean, why is there even a question who what your NHL team is going to be called at this point? Just call them the Seattle Simians. The I, I branding know. is already available. And it's great. The, the the jersey you found, they actually sell a Seattle Simeons jersey. Yeah, somebody online. makes a shitty one online. You could buy yeah. it and sell it. Yeah, they sell it. I don't know who these they is, but same people that sell my Aaliyah uh, Rock and Jack jersey that I bought and then somehow lost 
or someone stole from me. Hey, the, Vin- the Vince family are hustlers. I, I would be shocked if they're not selling uh, Airbud merch, Air Buddies merch, MVP merch. I feel like they're in on that. Pop star world Pop, tour. Pop star world tour posters. Yeah. All right, so uh, we, all right, should we so, get into? Yeah. You kind of did like a synopsis of the plot. Do you want to kind of go through that, or do you, do you want to? Like, well, synopsis. Is this podcast going to be like a? Are we following through the plot of the movie and discussing things that we noticed along the way? Let's do that because synopsis makes it sound like I made it shorter. When in fact, I may have made the film longer. <laughs> um, I wrote four hundred some words as I was going through and stopped about halfway through the movie because I'm like, I can't keep doing this. So at that point, we'll just have to take over for our our memory and other notes. Okay, is that does that sound good? Yeah. Um, if, if at any point during this, you have anything to add or throw in or, or want to make a comment on, just just jump. Yeah, right I took on a in. bunch of notes, so I'll, I'll be jumping okay. in a lot. So also, I'm going to open up uh, a beer right now because I'm going to need need a couple of them to get through this. Yeah, I wish, man. I don't have any at my house. I'm drinking a, a glass of water, which is a real bummer. Let me tell you that. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's let's get this underway. Um, so the film opens at uh, a chimpanzee sanctuary of sorts. El Simeon called Primate Reserve. Oh, sorry. I didn't El, know you were going to have the name. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. El Simeon, uh, which is just Spanish for the Simeon. It's like the <laughs> El Nino is Spanish for the Nino thing. It's real. You know, two of the chimps uh, who become our closest to our chimp main, main characters are, are wearing human clothing because I guess they now understand original sin or something. I don't know. But they're clothed. They got like Etni's shoes on. And I actually, I actually took a note down that Jack is wearing Etni's now. I, yeah, I didn't Jack realize wears, he was wearing Etni's from the beginning. He wears Etni's at the end, at least, and they're basically dressed like Bert and Ernie in the beginning. Uh, these two monkeys, these two chimpanzees, who, I, I, before you get to this part, at the very end, I assumed throughout the entire film were father and son. It turns out they're brothers. Had no idea. Uh, they are Louie and Jack. I believe Louie is the monkey from Spymate. Oh, wow. Or Jack, one of those two. Either way, is it in I the same? they're both dead. It's the same cinematic universe, but do, yeah. do we assume that, like, we, you watch Spymate. Do they, like, is there any explanation of, like, does he no. have a, a brother named Jack no explanation who's in, of the, in the CHL or something? No, there's no explanation of anything in Spymate at all. Well, this movie expected you, MVP 2, expected right. you to have watched MVP 1, which was a, yeah. a real big, uh, you know, is the, the Vince being a, a little full of themselves. Yeah, a hard assumption to make that I had watched Most Valuable Primate before watching MVP 2, which is streaming right. on on, uh, on Amazon Prime, Prime Video, yeah. if you want to watch it. And Spymate is on HBO Go, if you're interested. Um, okay, so there's the two monkeys, Louie and Jack. Uh, they they get some mail, and one of the monkeys opens the mail, and it's like a newspaper, and there's a picture of the Philadelphia Frost Goldie, aforementioned, uh, never seen ever again. Uh, and then they go into this house to watch the eleventh round of the ZHL draft. Just the eleventh round. They're real draft yeah. nicks. Those those yeah. chimps. And it makes it seem like the Mister Irrelevant of the draft, the very last pick, is our chimp friend Jack. To which the, the general manager makes the pick and goes, we select Jack. And everyone looks confused and he goes, you know, Jack! And holds up a picture of the monkey from the first movie. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, Jack. Jack, the monkey. Why didn't you say that? Um, 
Yeah, so we just drafted the Seattle Simeons. Uh, we come, which to I gotta third. say, like, are, are they? I couldn't figure this out. Are the Seattle Simeons an expansion team? Yes, they are. Which so, they don't tell you flat out until they just make an offhanded comment how it's their first season. So, like, do we? Yeah, which I I, I thought that would be more of a plot point that like. Right. I thought there was going to be more. I, I guess it's like a lot of depth for a movie that probably I would have is primarily liked being more like by like front seven office intrigue. Yeah. <laughs> well, there kind of was. They they they. It was sort of like a major league situation where they right. kind of sold this angle in the beginning of this is the the general manager and like the owner who are like, oh, yeah. we got to get this chimp. He'll bring put butts in the seat, and the, the, the coach is like, I'm like, not into it. This isn't what who is like, hockey's uh, about. The GM who's like D minus Otto from Beetlejuice. <laughs> Like, uh, you know, just being an absolute buffoon. Uh, yeah, he drafts him as basically a marketing ploy because get get butts in the seats for the Seattle Simeons, who better thing to draft than an actual Simeon from L. Simeon. Uh, so they draft Jack. He gets on a bus from wherever that reserve is. It's never actually said. Uh, which seems to have also like 12 monkeys and just one lady. Yeah. One human lady. Anyway, so uh, in a very much like, let's borrow this from Major League, let's borrow this from Mighty Ducks, whatever, The um, some of the other members that are drafted to in the expansion draft of the Seattle Simeons are a, a large figure skating man, like a punk goalie, <laughs> which, yeah, sure. Um, it was just a transparent marketing ploy to draft this, this monkey. Uh their their rival team <laughs> that we really only see them play the only team that we we see the that only I think other team in the ZHL there's, except for the, well, no, the there's another team Frost, we, I guess well yeah and we don't also get like we don't get like names and nicknames and city locations except for this one team that they played in like nine times called the LA Carjackers which is which aggressive seems, yeah uh, yeah I mean I mean although I guess at the same point like the XFL originally had like the New York New Jersey hitmen but it wasn't like that was also the XFL, not murderers. The, yeah, yeah. It was like a, there was like a little bit of a like a wink, wink to that at least. So it just been like, oh yeah, these are the the Las Vegas embezzlers. Like it doesn't come on. Um. Also, they, they, every hockey player wears like loose track pants for some reason. <laughs> Did you notice that? They also all the hockey players. Uh, they they. I don't watch hockey, so. I'm not the best judge of this, but the people who they, the extras I'm assuming they got to film some of yeah. the scenes where they're actually playing hockey, like aren't good at hockey or skating. They're just no, like, it seems like the entire it looks like children yeah. playing hockey and the entire like existence of hockey is like a four on four sport. It seems, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So there's, there's that. That's what's happening. Uh, he gets, he gets, Jack gets put in, in the third period. Just well, I, well you gotta, are... you gotta set up, you gotta set up that like, there, there's definitely oh, yeah. an angle the of hot like shot. the hot shot and, and like yeah. other people too. the coach are like, not about this shit. It, he's no. kind of, they're kind of setting Jack up to be like the Jackie Robinson to like break the barrier. The, that the is, there is a lot barrier. of that. Weirdly, there's a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I have, I had, I had noted down. When they first introduced Jack the Monkey to the rest of the team, who they all seemed shocked that this happened. Like, they wouldn't know that their GM drafted a monkey. Seems like there would be, like, a memo about that. Uh, he shows up at practice. He's like, hey, this is your other teammate. He's a monkey. He's wearing number 99 and a half, which is a joke for some reason. Maybe that's from the first one. I don't know. Um, I had, luckily, I had the subtitles on for Amazon Prime. 
and you know they're talking he says to the monkey the gm says the monkey like come on jack let's go to the locker room and get you set up or whatever and the team's kind of like mumbling amongst themselves and someone in the background says we're never going to evolve as a team with a monkey it's like you know what that's not the worst point that's really not the worst point there's also a little bit of a pun there with evolution if you get it that's good um yeah so that was that was probably my favorite moment of the entire movie i think downhill from there very beginning uh so yeah that happens um in the first game they're down like i think three nothing or three one going to third period everyone decides to leave they put jack in to much to the chagrin of like the the superstar on the team who was like i'm not going to share the ice with this monkey so they sub him in that guy storms off the ice uh monkey gets a very quick assist after he gets the assist, they immediately cut to his El Simeon reserve with his monkey friend's brother and the lady who works there. And the lady prominently exclaims, he scored a goal, which he definitely did not do. <laughs> he got an assist. They said that right after. It wasn't a goal. Then he gets two more assists and then does score a goal in like five minutes. And then they win. Everyone goes nuts. Uh, any, anything to add so far, Max? Uh, no, I got nothing. I, I will okay. say that that Jack is fucking horrifying. Like, yeah, he looks really scary. Like, he looks like a chimp that would bite your face off. Like, he doesn't have any emotional yeah. range. He doesn't have like no. he's not cute and he doesn't smile or do. It's like they just picked a, a chimp that was capable of riding on skates, but in all yeah. other ways, it's just like terrifying. Whenever they have him like try to wave to people, he can't. He doesn't like show his palm. He kind of like hangs his hand and it like shakes violently. <laughs> and that's supposed to be like a, like a, he's saying hello, and I kept thinking that's not great at all. Like that's not how you wave. And I know it's a monkey who probably was like being, you know, acting against its will. <laughs> but I mean, show the palm of the hand for a wave. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Anyway, it was uh, also it was also pretty clear that they'd only taught Jack like three different things. Like he could do the mm-hmm. little like limp handed wave. He could yeah. do like a thumbs a, up. He did a thumbs up like he twice. did a thumbs up. He could do the finger on the head like I'm crazy. Like so he did yeah. that like seven times, and it was like mm-hmm. all right, there aren't that many instances where you need to do like the finger uh, do like circling the temple like right. woohoo. But he did it like yeah. eight times because I guess that's well, like his, also his because, signature move. Yeah, I, I assume because of animal welfare reasons or just because you know it's a monkey not a human actor um there was a couple of scenes that they just reused like 12 times like the room style like every time they scored a goal the celebration was the same shot of a celebration which is just him sitting on the ice uh later on after where we're at now you see him walking through an alley and they use that same exact shot like six or seven Mm -hmm. times at different parts of the movie um so yeah you know they only had x amount of hours with the monkey uh so i assume uh after this, we get like a montage of him doing great hockey things. Uh, rookie of the year. He's on the cover of a magazine. At one point, I paused this newspaper clipping they showed, and there was a thing on the side that says like something about the, the Tacoma Titans. And so I'm the like, team is, in is Tacoma Washington and State, Seattle. Is it maintaining two professional hockey teams? Or are we talking about a different sport here? It's never clear. Never brought up. It's just on a screen. Uh Blah, blah, blah. This is all happening. The team superstar, it's like, is he washed up? Is he over? Because like, he refuses to play with the monkey and like he's slumping. Um, I just like to stop because I, 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 I noticed this. I think it was Carly's sister who was like the first person to draw my attention to this. 
but like people listening to this podcast might be thinking the same thing like wait is this a wait, hockey no, no, wait, movie let me stop you right there let me yeah. stop you right there no one's listening to this podcast that's that's fair but like if yeah. you've gotten to this point you're maybe thinking like isn't this movie about that like a, a skateboard riding right monkey yeah. not a hockey yeah. monkey like the first one was hockey like now we're, yeah. we're like 20 minutes into the fucking movie at this point well, and there has not been a single skateboard and, and let's let's remind you again this is an 80 minute film we're like 35 in and it's still only hockey so yeah i i stopped twice and looked up if i was watching the right mvp yeah. film i had to do the same yeah. thing i was like yeah the, I had the thought like three different times. I'm like, I must be watching the wrong one. But I'm like, no. Yeah. But the but he's on a different the sim the Simians are a different team than the jersey he's wearing in the first movie on the cover. It's a yellow I jersey. Had a, I had like a a very specific thought in my head that I was like, I don't live in the universe where this is true, but I want to. Which is like, I was like, all right, what if it's like an Evil Dead Two situation, right? Where the director of MVP yeah. One was basically like, listen, I can make that better. Because it can be like, instead of trying to be like a straight horror, and it's kind of like a horror comedy, and it's like this thing or whatever. So we can reuse some footage from the first one, but kind of make, basically make it a new movie, and we'll just call it two. And I'm like, is that what happened here? That's what it felt like, yeah. Is this Sam Raimi's <laughs> MVP two? Um, okay, anyway. Uh, uh, moving on. The main character guy, the main hockey uh, man, whose name I don't know. because you- uh, I, I have it right in front of me. It's Rob yeah. Poirier. Yeah, these characters' names, by the way, are mentioned out loud maybe twice. Yeah, at any time. Played by Cameron uh, but, yeah. Bancroft. Who, yeah, who was uh, also on a season of Twenty Four. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Yeah. Well, also, you might think to yourself, "Oh, he's like the male lead. Definitely the most recognizable face in this movie." You would be way wrong. There are at least three more fa- three people who are way more famous than him yeah. that are in this movie. At Inexplicably. Yeah. 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 So, all right, moving on. Uh, he's real bummed out, you know. His career might be over because of this stupid fucking monkey that's on his team. Uh, so he's sitting at, at a diner bar, getting Drinking drunk off of like nine milkshakes. milkshakes. <laughs> and it's a kids movie, I get it. But I like that. Uh, I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, uh, and then he's like, like sad, looking at like the cover of like these hockey magazines with 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 Jack the monkey on them. And these kids are like, "Hey, you play for the Simians?" And he's like, reaches for a pen to sign a graph. Like, can you get Jack to sign this? newspaper we're carrying around for some reason and he gets all sad so then he's in the locker room the next day and he sees in jack's locker for the first time basically like 80 to 90 percent of the way through the season a picture of jack's brother who again at this point i'm assuming is his father or his son uh and he's like wow you have a family i guess i really never thought about a chimp having a family (laughs) literally an exact line that he says and then he says he wants to get traded to L.A. in the offseason so he can be with his family again and shows them a family portrait. So they must not get paid very well. They no. can't move his family to Seattle. Um, I like that they bond. bonding, their bonding moment is like, you have family, I have family. Yeah. It's like, now did I you ever accept see, you. Did you ever see um, They Came Together? No. They Came Together is like a David Wayne um, uh, satire, big, like over-the-top silly satire of romantic comedies. And like Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler are like exact opposites, and like they'll never get along. And then they they they're like meet cute is that they're in a bookstore. And they're like, wait, you like fiction books? I like fiction <laughs> books. And it felt like that. Um, so yeah, then they go and they get drunk on the milkshakes together, and they have a grand old time. Uh, they're both dressed like like deadbeat stepdads, <laughs> and a grand old time. 
Uh, the next game is once again against the uh, L.A. Carjackers. Uh, and the other, the opposite team's coach is just like, boy, oh, boy. That chimp is too good. I can't have this happening anymore. How can we beat this chimp? So he devises a plan to he, basically, he w- like, he went frame into him full, for a hockey murder. Yeah, he went into, like, full uh, Nancy Kerrigan mode. Like, t- yeah, Tanya yeah, Harding yeah, yeah. mode. Yeah, he's like, we're going to start this fight. You're going to tackle the monkey into net and then pull the net over you so no one can see what's happening. Like, the net is made of tarp material. It's just net. Uh, I guess in, in that, he cuts his own hand? No, he had, he had, um, he had like, a fake scar kind of, like, uh, putty over his hand. And on this the glove. This league is run so poorly. Yeah. So, so, so the, he's yeah. like, oh, this monkey bit through my glove and almost bit my hand off. Uh. And they're like, oh, well, we got, I guess we've got to, like, kick him out of the league now or something or whatever. And uh, they're like, oh, you know, and he like kind of, he's like, I'm so sad. Like they're gonna kick me out of this league. So he just like leaves the locker room and vanishes on his. Well, everyone's team. like, also that the the turn on Jack is ridiculous. It is like super quick. Like the people in the crowd, you would think like aren't hearing what's happening on the ice. Immediately, like all become like aware uh, simultaneously that that Jack has bit this player, and they're just booing and they're throwing banana peels at him and shit. It was real are. rough. Yeah, I will say this: if this is imagine this is real life, and there's a chimpanzee playing a professional sport, and he's on my team, and I'm like, hell yeah, that chimpanzee is really great at the sport. I love that chimpanzee. Nothing in the rule book specifically says chimpanzees can't play. This is awesome. <laughs> and then the chimp bites somebody. I'm like, you know what? It was probably bound to happen. It is a wild animal. You're playing with fire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the risk we all kind of silently agreed to. Um, but anyway, it was a frame job. So Jack vanishes into the, one of the many. Very wide Seattle alleyways. Um, hops into a dumpster. This is the saddest moment of the movie. I, this no, is it's, the moment, but it's not even. No, but J- this because is the only moment where Jack actually is capable of showing emotion. Like, he does look sad. He like, pulls like a little newspaper up over himself like he's a blanket. Right. He's laying right. in so, the, As you zoom out, like, vertically yeah. from the dumpster, it's pretty sad. So he decides to, like, I guess, sleep in this dumpster. Uh... The next morning, a trash truck picks up the dumpster and drives away. So it's also, it, it looks like the same exact alleyway from Never Ending Story, which may have yeah. also been shot in Vancouver. I wonder. So Jack is in the dumpster. Now, you know how when trash trucks pick up dumpsters, they use their like, two little arms in the front, mm-hmm. and they pick it up, and they flip it over the top and dump all the trash into the back? And they crush you know the happens? trash and the monkey together yeah. in the compactor. You know, what, you, know, you know how trash trucks don't just pick up dumpsters? Drive them around while they're full of trash and drop them at some other alley across the <laughs> on the city. arms just stuck in front of the the front yeah, of the truck in yeah. front of the truck while there's a monkey in there having the time of its life. He was smiling, he was bopping around, having the time of his fucking life. That's not how dumpsters work or trash trucks. Just want to make that known. So, drops the trunk dumpster in another alleyway uh, for some reason because that's how trucks work. Um, drops it off he hops out and walks away some little orphan boy who's run away from his uh, foster home now by the way we're now just about halfway through the movie and they just stopped doing hockey yeah I, I, I marked down actually this is the note I have at this point in the movie we're 40 minutes into an hour and 20 long minute movie about skateboarding mm-hmm. and we have not seen a board once yeah 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 what does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. 
Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, there's this little, this little orphan boy skateboards up and knocks on some random weirdo's door. And he's like, here, hang up all these flyers and I'll give you $5. Also, yeah, it, it was it was definitely that part was weird. And later they show you that it's like a print shop that he's, I guess, like instead of delivering newspapers, he's like this orphan boy has has a gig where he just goes around like posting up flyers. But like also for some reason, the print shop guy is like talks like a chimney sweep from Oliver. Yeah. Yeah. Like even though it's Seattle, it's very bizarre. Right. Yeah. Also, um, if you haven't seen this movie and anyone is listening to this. So he hands him these 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 flyers for a reward to track down Jack. Uh, picture in your head how much money you think the reward is. I guarantee you, you thought of a number that was lower than five thousand dollars, because it was five thousand dollars. That's pretty dangerous to like bring in a chimp to like go after a chimp and try to capture it, though. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden there's like purge rules. For the chimp? Like, weird. Alright, so there's a $5,000 reward. Kids skating around. Uh, Richard Karn is in it. Al Borland from Home Improvement. Runs a skate shop. His name is Ollie. Why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't Richard Karn run a skateboard shop? It, I cannot believe that they... One, they got Richard Karn to do this movie. And two, that was you the You can't role? believe they got Richard Karn to do this movie? I, to be honest, What yes. else was Richard Karn doing? <laughs> I don't know, but... Oh, he's from Seattle. I wonder if... I just looked at his IMDb. I wonder if... Well, that's they how didn't they sold him there, the so that doesn't I wonder really if they sold him on the Seattle Connection. Um, hey, you want to film a movie four hours from where you live? <laughs> sure, man. Also, like, they put him in just, like, baggy, like... Those old navy like zip off pants. Sure. Uh there's like a social services person that goes to Richard Carnes door. like, I'm looking for this kid. Have you seen him? He's like, Nope, and it's the little orphan kid. He runs into a cop who is Arnold Schwarzenegger's friend from Total Recall. <laughs> also. Uh yeah. Uh, the cop also this is like a common theme throughout the movie. Uh, despite it being said in Seattle, where people basically have like no accent at all, everyone He's got the in Midwestern Seattle, Chicago accent. Yeah, they all talk the either like yeah. they're Midwestern Chicago, like they're yeah. Danny, like they're Dan Aykroyd, or they're like uh, a hot dog vendor in a Spider-Man movie, where they're like, <laughs> "Yo, look, it's Jack!" Like I'm like, well, wait, what is happening right now? Like, why does everyone look look exactly like that guy and sound like that? Yeah. Uh, so Richard Karn runs a skate shop. The kid goes in there later in the night to buy a skateboard, but doesn't have any money because he's a little orphan boy who ran away from his foster home. Uh, that like Ryan kid who was like a famous skateboarder is in it. He's like nine. He was in like one of the Tony Hawk games. I get a show on like Nickelodeon. I can't remember his name. I didn't look it up fully, but he was in it. He has a little cameo playing another person who's not him. But anyway, uh, Richard Karn's like, hey, kid, uh, you don't use this old skateboard. I'll throw it in the outside, back in the dumpster. Wink, wink, wink. You know, it's like uh, Chekhov's dumpster skateboard. It'll come back later. Uh, meanwhile, Jack's still wandering around the same alley nine times in a row. Uh, and he kind of peeks through like, this, this fence, and he sees like a little hut. Uh, and he tries to get in because there's a, there's a couch in there. Uh, but he can't. It's like an old, there's an old pool. 
So he climbs up and sits in like a lifeguard chair and like sleeps upside down kind of. And it turns out that little hut is where our nine-year-old orphan boy is living. Uh, and he like skateboards there. You know, nice and safe for a nine-year-old orphan boy to live. Uh, they become pals immediately the next morning because like they're both engineering geniuses and build like a bunch of ramps. Uh, then they skateboard down a bunch of the super wide alleyways again, become best pals, tail as old as time. Uh, then cut I, back I, to... I, I do want to... Oh, go ahead. Maybe you might be explaining no, this. I was going to say it's when we cut back to El Simeon, so if you had something else to say before No, that. I have something else to say, which is like, so So now you're, you're seeing what's happening with Jack, and I forget the kid's name even. They, they mentioned his name like one time. I think it was Ben, but they mentioned ben. it like once until right. the very end when they mentioned it nine times in a row. You're, it is Ben. So, so the two of them, there's like a montage of them skateboarding together, building the ramps, whatever. All of a sudden, it goes from like the rest of the public is outraged about Jack and we need to find him because he bit this player and we need to like put this ape down to like all of a sudden everyone's just concerned about Jack and like looking throughout the streets calling out his name and and really concerned like he's missing for a few days and it's like everyone just loves him now they've completely forgotten about the biting incident which for all Mm -hmm. we know like you know there's there's not they could have easily solved this by having a moment where like hey, wait, that was a fake cut on that guy's hand. Like, there yeah, wasn't scene, anything yeah, that like that. Exist. That scene doesn't exist. No. It's just, like, we're, we're to believe that, like, nobody gives a shit about that because he ran right. away. Mm-hmm. Go on, though. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, so they cut back to El Simeon and, like, the, the, the main hockey guy's on the phone to the lady who works there and was like, Jack's been missing, we can't find him, blah, blah, blah. And, like, the other monkeys overhear it or they see a news report that he's missing or something like that. So, Louie... Who I wrote in here, Louis, who is Jack's dot 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 dad? <laughs> Brothers, turns out. Uh, hitchhikes, as you do, to, it's actually a very charming part. He made a sign that says Seattle, but it's S E E A T I L. That was also kind of funny. Uh, he's picked up in an RV by a guy who is uh, blue from old school. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. who that was. Yeah, uh huh, uh huh. Uh, and then he drives and drops him off at the arena, shows up at the game. Uh, oh, never mentioned, there's a whole other plot where this kid is trying to go to the skateboarding competition the next day. Yeah. So this is all like a two-day span. just found out about, like. yeah. Just found out about by looking at a flyer. Uh, another um, thing Another thing I want to mention is, so when, when Jack, or when Ben, rather, the kid... When he takes mm-hmm. the poster, the flyers that are like five thousand yeah. dollar reward for Jack, he asks uh-huh. the guy. Clearly, he looks and he's like, he sees that it's this ape that is on the loose. He asks the the you know chimney sweep slash print shop guy, uh, is he dangerous? And he goes like, well, he's an ape. What do you think? Or whatever he says. And then when like they you just uh, made him J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> yeah, basically. When they eventually meet, uh, when he eventually sees Jack. Either he doesn't realize it's the same ape. That seems to be a common occurrence in this film. Or, like, he's just totally cool with it. There's not any... Like, I don't know why they included that dialogue, because there's not a moment where... Yeah, I was expecting, like, okay, he's going to first see him, and he's going to freak out and run away, Mm -hmm. and then it's going to, like, come together. It's like, no, he's just like, oh, a missing... Like, oh, a monkey. That's, like, interesting. And, like, I don't think he realizes it's Jack somehow. All these things, like, that part... And, like, the turn of it being, like, he bit this guy to, like, oh, we just want him home. Those are all scenes you would have in a movie that didn't spend the first 40 minutes on nonsense hockey scenes. 
I think. Do you think you they like maybe cut stuff from the first movie? Maybe like the first movie originally had him making it to the NHL, and they just like know, turned into a set. Because I'm pretty sure this came out like a year after the first MVP, which is a pretty quick turnaround for a movie with a two million dollar budget. Yeah, <laughs> like that's not a lot of money to work. with. That's not a lot of studio time to work with. Right. You got to reuse um, some shots from the first movie. Yeah. So anyway, so. Uh, uh, Louis ends up at the arena. Uh, oh, sorry, but wait, I did this again. So uh, he's in the RV. He's going to Seattle. Before he gets to the arena, they show a scene the next morning when when Jack and Ben, the kid, have kind of like bunked up together in this hut. Uh, they're eating cereal together. And in a very weird scene, tonally, I don't know, maybe I watch too many like HBO shows or shows that are like not children's movies, but it's, this struck me as weird like weird theme thematically and kind of tone wise. Um, the kid gets up and looks at the, 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 the monkey who's like eating cereal. Like he's his, his son. And the kid says to him, goes, I'll be back in a few hours. I got to make us some money. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> and he was just going to get more flyers to hand out. And the flyers were for the same skateboarding competition, which is now a day later than it was before. I don't know how that worked out, but I was, my brain immediately went somewhere fucking else. And that's not what happened. Uh, Red is very weird. Um, but yeah, so then that happens. He needs a new skateboard because he breaks his skateboard. He needs a new skateboard. He wants to be in the competition. Uh, he goes to steal the one checkoff skateboard from the dumpster. Wait, uh, I want to I stop for one second. Yeah. So so Ben, ben and, and Jack are riding down the street. Ben does some jump or trick, and his skateboard mm-hmm. breaks in half. And then Ben takes the board off to the side, sits down and starts slumps over and starts crying. Jack comes over and Ben's like, I'll never be able to compete in the competition now. Like, we're going to get separated and they're going to throw you in jail. Like, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And Jack is like, tries to hand him his own skateboard, which was mm-hmm. another skateboard they'd just taken from the, the dumpster at the alley. I'm pretty sure it was actually that kid's skateboard was the one that Jack yeah. ended up with. And ben, And Ben is just like, he's like, no, this thing has no pop. I won't even be able to do the tricks. I was like, bitch, Jack was just fucking <laughs> shredding on this thing. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, why did he... He just was like... This monkey's just like, here, have my board that's, like, exactly the same as yours. That also, it was, like, brand new, like, two minutes ago, and I was just, like, doing kickflips on. And Ben's like, yeah. no, that won't work. Fuck it. I guess I'll just quit and, like, you know, go back to the orphanage. I was like, really? Also, like, oh, no, this thing has no pop. Well, you know what I can guarantee you has no pop? No skateboard. <laughs> the orphanage. And no pop at all. <laughs> Doesn't have any wheels. It's not a skateboard. Uh, anyway, they go and they try to build a skateboard out of pieces from Richard Carn's dumpster. He finds them and is like, hey, kid, you're the kid from the other, from the before with this stuff. Uh, you, you can't build a board out of this stuff. Let me see if, I can fi- see if I can find you one. If you're any good, I'll, you know, I can take you to the competition, blah, blah, blah. And he does, like, four tricks. And he's like, cool, I'll take it to competition, which is now, again, the next day. Um, they decide to stay over at Richard Karn's house. This uh, is very problematic, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought. Richard Karn gets out his, his uh, wireless phone and makes a phone call, and you assume he's calling like the, the uh, family services lady. Uh, I think that is who he calls, but you will yes. find uh, They stay over. In the morning, there's a comedic scene where uh, Jack makes pancakes, makes a real mess. Um, at this point, we cut back to uh, the RV when Louis arrives at the arena. Uh, which, Louis by the way, Jack's sh- younger brother. Yeah, or dad. I can't. I still or dad. Uh, and as General, 
The arena is General Motors Place, uh, which is Rogers Arena. It's in Vancouver. They didn't even try and like. They didn't even bother like, oh, maybe put a fake arena name up. No, it's just it's just the Vancouver Arena. Yeah. Um. So there's that. Uh, he sh- walks into the locker room. To me, and like, yeah, I've been watching the movie, but to me, looking like a very different monkey. Totally. And I know nothing about apes. And you think, too, these teammates have spent the last yeah. eight months with this ape. You'd think. Jack. And they just, they see a monkey who, I swear to God, is like Rolls in with half one rain boot on. With half one, the size. Half the size of Jack. And, and they're just like, Jack's back. Yo. Yeah. They also yeah. sound like that, too, for some reason. Even they though do. they're like Canadian, and one of them is like uh, one Swedish of them's like or Swedish, yeah. Who just sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger if he was a sim. But like, yeah, they're like, oh, Jack's back. We'll put him back on the ice, and he's like skating around like a fool. And again, so this is the championship game, and they're playing against the LA Carjackers, and the other coach is like, wait a second, that guy was banned from the league, and the yeah. other guy's just like, we don't fucking care. What are you talking? Yeah, about? We don't give a <laughs> that shit. was that was the craziest plot hole of the whole movie. It was like. Clearly, they would have banned Jack, right? Like, yeah. he just yeah. bit someone. Well, he said uh, he was banned, and then he calls the league, and he's like, what do you want? And I'm like, you don't see the monkeys back on the ice? And he goes, oh, well, I'll see about it. It's like, he's right there. Isn't, wasn't there a rule that you put in, and something happened? And then the, one of the players is like, look, he can't even skate. And he's like, oh, like, well, never mind then. Let him play. Makes no logical sense. In a movie that's full of concrete logic, makes no logical sense. So um, while this is all happening, well, I, I do want to I do want to make one in. little note too that so they they called this. Well, I don't even. What does the ZHL stand for? The I kept thinking of it as like Z Hockey League, <laughs> like the Hockey League with a German accent. Z, oh, you you in Z Hockey League? <laughs> um, <laughs> but so so this is ZHL. So clearly they didn't want uh, that's that NHL smoke. But they call mm-hmm. it the Stanley Cup Finals. Did they really call it? At one point, they that. definitely refer to it as the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> I was like, oh, I man. guess that is there like a statute of limitations on that? Like it's it's I like uh, it's happy domain. birthday. Like at some point, it's public domain. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah. So uh, he starts playing in that hockey game. They play like the first two periods. This is intercut at the same time as the the skateboarding tour kind of back and forth a little bit so this is happening they're a mess they're falling apart because uh louis doesn't know how to play hockey he's a mess he's a mess out there um they cut back to the tournament where the skateboarding tournament where our, our main character ben can't get in because he doesn't have a, a, a guardian or parent with him and then richard Carnes like don't worry about it go get in your seat you take the monkey who is wearing a hoodie and the world's tiniest sunglasses uh, and, and it's fooling everyone Everyone, go take him to the seat, uh, and I'll figure this out. And he comes back. He's like, "Oh, you're in, by the way." He's like, "All right." Well, there's not many. It doesn't seem like anybody really cares about rules in this entire city. Um, they do it. Well, All also, the kids- also the, the the person who's signing people up at the front is like, "So are you his dad?" And and uh, tool time guy just goes like, "I think he says no." I think he's like, "No." He does say no. But then he like mm-hmm. waits a second, and then he, and then I think at that point he's like, "You take Jack to the thing. I'll, I'll be one minute." Yeah. And then I guess right. they're just like, "All right, I guess like any old adult who can just like sign right. this nine year old up for this dangerous skateboarding competition." Yeah. Also, this all seems like it's setting up to be like a final review of like, "Oh, he's actually secretly his dad," who was I guess like a deadbeat his entire life for some reason until this very moment. That's how it felt to me. 
not what happens. No. Just so you know. So uh, the kids doing the skateboard contest. The one Ryan kid from earlier, who I to- he's like really good. There's a girl who's really good, who I assume was also a real life skateboarder. Uh, and then this kid goes up last and does like three kick flips. Yeah, and, they, and they, this is the crazy part. The other kid, the the kid from before, who was so good, was way better. It was like not even so close. Good. He was just like shredding. Right. And, then and then Ben so comes during, up and they can't during, even get like a good fake like Ben to like yeah. you know from behind show him doing better tricks than than actual Ben is capable of doing. And like he refused to drop in until the monkey came and like dropped in with him, which also just seems against the rules. Yeah, they treated him like a doubles. Uh, yeah, competition all of a sudden. He with, does like a couple of ollies and like three kickflips and wins the fucking competition, which is uh, which is hosted by uh, Bob by Burnquist. Bob Burnquist, <laughs> Bob Burnquist <laughs> is like the worst. I, I don't think he's a bad actor. I think it's just like he literally could not have given less of a shit. No, about this, he was just straight up reading off of cue cards. He's like, and the winner of the. Yeah. Uh, Seattle skate competition is Ben, and that that was like that was his delivery of every all like four of his lines mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, and then, uh, the uh, I'm just confused now. The movie's this movie's so fucking stupid. Um, he wins the tournament. Bob Burnquist the kids him like this shitty belt looking thing. Uh, he's like uh celebrating with Richard Carn. Again, a strange man he met like thirty hours ago. Um, and the who's taken a, and the a troubling uh, the, Richard Carn who's taken like a troubling interest in this nine year old's life. Yeah, yeah. So then Richard Carn's there with the kid and and Jack the monkey. Um, and Bob Brinkwitz comes up. He's like, "Hey, I want to sponsor you." Don't even know that's that's how that works. To be honest with you, uh, and he's like, "Cool," and he's like, uh, "Great." And then like the the social services woman and the cop from earlier in the movie come up and he's like goes to run and they're like no 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 it's okay uh and basically for like some reason that's never explained at all and like should be in a court of law they just like let richard karn like half adopt him yeah yeah he adopts him they met like 10 hours ago yeah, and everyone's just cool. Richard Carn's just some single forty-year-old dude who looks like Richard Carn. Like, what are they yeah. doing? What is what is he's he's CPS some balding, goateed middle-aged man who owns a skateboard shop. Like, you're gonna just give this guy a kid? He's like, I got a lot of room at my house. That's a kid too. And he's like, Yeah. And then the lady's just like, All right, my job's fucking done. Well, I I took it too that it wasn't even like uh, uh, Richard Carn called up the night before and was like, Hey, I found him, but I'm gonna adopt him, which already would be like. You're what now? Like no, we're we're right. coming and we're gonna get yeah. him because I don't know who the hell you are. But his name's but Oliver it seems Plant. Like call- what was that? His name was Oliver Plant. Oliver Plant. So they call. So he calls and they show up and I'm pretty sure the way it went down was the cop and the and the social worker are there thinking they're gonna get Ben and then he's like no 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 actually I want to adopt him and yeah. and. One, if I'm the social worker, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why did you call me here on a Saturday to come yeah. so you can tell me you're going to adopt the kid and I had to watch this stupid skateboarding yeah. event? Also... It's well established that it's a weekend. <laughs> yes, it's well, well established. It is. Um, but it must be because it's like 2 p.m. and there's somehow also an NHL Stanley Cup game going on at the same time. ZHL. ZHL, sorry. Mm-hmm. Stanley Cup, though. Um, 
and and Ben is like totally cool with it too. It's like he hasn't yeah. spoken to Ben. He's just like assuming as if like Ben's his property. That he's like, I'm gonna adopt you now, and Ben's like, sure. Yeah. Also, like it's never even mentioned like. It's like, oh, he ran away from his foster home. And, like, yeah, we all know the foster care system is flawed. And, like, in movies, it's always seen as, like, oh, you know, they're being, maybe being abused or whatever. But, like, it's never said, like, oh, yeah, his foster mom sucks. It's just, like, oh, he just ran away. Yeah, what, like, if, what if his foster mom's, like, really worried? Yeah, what if his foster mom is, like, the foster mom in Angels in the Outfield? Like, just a great yeah. lady. God. And, and then the cops just, like, there. that shithead with the, uh, who was that older kid's name in, in Angels in the Outfield? He was a real asshole. I don't know any character names. Well, that kid. Yeah. Maybe that's who Ben is. Maybe Ben's just like yeah, kind maybe. of a, a punk. Yeah. And then that's the cops why, there. Maybe that's why his parents don't love him anymore. Well, I think they're dead. Are they dead? Did they say that? He's an orphan in a foster. I think it's, no, he said his mom died last year. Well, Which one year ago? His, they, I didn't miss that. Yeah. And they said they never said anything about a father. So I'm like, oh, Richard Carnes is secret dad. Nope. Not at all. Wow. Just a weird neighborhood guy. That's it. Um, so then they're like, oh, uh, the cop's like, hey, wait a second. That's a monkey in a hoodie. Uh, and that's the famous Jack the Monkey. And like, oh, are you going to arrest him? Like, there's, you can't put a monkey in human jail. Um, and he's like, no, he's got a hockey game to play. So they get him across town. He gets in the hockey game. They win the hockey game. So there you go. There's that. Basically, the end of the movie, um, they get back on that, on Blue from Old School's RV <laughs> to go back to the, to the, uh, the, 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 El Simeon um, and there's a, like a really tearful goodbye because I guess it was just like a one year contract yeah that was the weird thing it's like okay so Jack he had a player like, option he just declined it <laughs> yeah. Jack weird. Jack was like like Ricky Williams just like dropping out yeah. in his prime yeah he's just like nah I'm done man you're gonna test me for shit Ed. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pass the test so I'm done um, so yeah that's the fucking movie uh I got a couple more quick notes here. Go ahead. One, whenever the monkey made any kind of sound at all, it said gibbering in the subtitles. Uh, at one point, when they... <laughs> which I thought was a very, very funny line. When the monkey supposedly bit the guy's hand, somebody in the background yelled, That monkey is an animal! <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Oh, uh, man. And then when the cop sees him again, he yells, That's the chimp we've been looking for. Like, yeah, it's not going to be a different one. The well, only no, there, other chip that's around chimps. is in the hockey game. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fair. Yeah. Um, also, Max, do you want to talk about the scene that I saw on your Instagram story with the Coke and the Pepsi? Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention Because that. I can explain what happened. I figured it out. Okay, I want to know. So, so what happened was this is like early on during their bonding. I think it's like at the end of the montage of them skateboarding, Ben and Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're sitting around. They're sitting on the edge of the ha- of the bowl, the uh, the pool, the emptied pool, and yep. they're drinking Pepsi's, each individually uh, chugging like a one and a half liter of Pepsi, <laughs> like one of those big ass with like the really thick rim, the, yep. those Pepsi's. So like they're drinking it, they're drinking it. They cut to to Jack, he's drinking it. They cut to Ben. All of a sudden, there's a Coke in his hand instead of a Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Then they zoom back out to both of them, and they're both have Pepsi in their hand. And I'm like, this is. That's egregious. That yeah, that that Coke flipped, swapped in, and then swapped back out, and no one ever caught it. So tell me, tell me what happened. Remember what happens in like basically the very next scene after that when they move indoors to their little hut. No, they're both drinking enormous Gatorades. Wow, like prominent Gatorades. So my first thought so Pepsi's, was Pepsi's Pepsi's like really got uh, 
yeah. stranglehold. My first here. thought was they fucked up by putting that Coke bottle in there because Pepsi paid them for the like license, the rights to have exclusive Pepsi products. So to make up for it, because they, they it was probably too late and they didn't catch it in time, they're like, let's just quick film a scene with other Pepsi products and add it right after. So they put two giant Gatorades in there. I think you're sure right. I happened. think you cracked the I think case. I'm right. Yeah, I think so too. So anyway, that's that, MVP Honestly, two. Honestly, it was one of the worst movies. I mean, it was like... I, I, I would say that it was bordering like room level bad at times. Right. I mean, well, it's a children's film, though, at the same time. But, like, bad know? for that, even. Even for, like, those ca- those ones where the cats and dogs can talk. Like, those are really bad, but they still have, like, more of a coherent plot line and character development than this. This just made no yeah. sense. It was just wild. Yeah, it really didn't. It was... It's called Most Welcome Primate. It was, like, 80% of a hockey movie. Um, I read in the trivia for the... I think the one of the monkeys pages that they and Bob Bernquist became really good friends. That's nice. Uh, monkey's dead. That's it. I've seen worse movies, but not many. Yeah. It, it, Any uh, extra thoughts on, uh, on MVP two most vertical primate? No, I got nothing. The, the only thing I was kind of surprised by was so, so I was surprised that, um, Richard Korn was in it. I was surprised that um, there were a few other people who were like, oh, I've seen that guy before. Mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised that none of the smaller actors like ever went on to do anything, like literally anything. Like Rob yeah. Poirier, no, yeah, yeah. that guy. Uh, none of the like players who were sort of like ancillary well, characters. Because they probably weren't trying to be actors. Maybe. Maybe they're just friends. It was probably defenses. like, hey, I'm like a local hockey coach or like I can skate a bit cause we're in Vancouver and this guy's going to pay me, you know, four grand to do a couple of scenes for some movie. I'll do it. Like they probably aren't even actors really. If you look at some of their pages, like that's literally just this. Yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing. It's like, usually you go back and you you watch a movie like this and you're like, Oh yeah, I've seen that guy. I remember that guy from episode house. Like there's none of that. Right. Like you go to meet people's IMDb's and it's just this. nothing. There is some of that. the The chimney sweep type guy um, has been. He also just looks like another guy who's in a bit, like done a lot of like bit bit uh, sitcom parts. Um, but you've definitely seen him in things. Uh, he's been in. Let me pull him up. He was, you know, he was in an episode of Seinfeld. He was in uh, an episode of Friends. He was the jeweler in an episode of Friends. Who was like a really snarky, like he worked at a jewelry store. He was in uh, Yes, Dear. I was an episode of Lost, Will and Grace, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Sweet Lake of Zack and Cody. Like he plays kind of All like right. the distinguished British guy who works in a store most times. He was just in an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Wait, which year. one? Which one was this? Which guy was this? The guy who ran the print shop. <laughs> he was a British colonel in the first Austin Powers movie. All right. He was also in MVP one. <laughs> he was an MVP one as well. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it was in National Treasure Book of Secrets. Yeah, so. You'll recognize that guy, for sure. He's in Spider-Man. Um, yeah. Uh, all right, well, that's that's been MVP, too. Most, value, most vertical primate. I can't believe we spent 55 minutes on that. I was, I swear to God, so I was, like, into this idea so much, and then I started watching a movie, I'm like, we shouldn't have done this. 
if this had cost me like f- even four cents to rent, I wasn't going to watch it. Like, thank God I have a Prime membership, and I'm like, right, I was sure, fully committed to paying like three dollars to rent it because I thought that was what I was going to have to do. But I was very excited, yeah. and happy that I didn't have to do that because uh, the Vinces don't need any more of our patronage. I want to know. Let's see, Robert Vince. I know these websites are not uh, uh, reliable in any way. Um. But I'm going to search Robert Vin's net worth. Let's see what comes up here. I think I looked for this before and couldn't find it because I, I did really want to know. Uh, this I don't think this is the same Rob Vince. No, no, this is him. What does uh, it say? It says his ethnicity is North American. That doesn't seem like it's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have questions about this website. There is no information about a salary and net worth. I mean, it's got to be decent if he he has produced all the Air Bud movies. Like, I, I just have to think, like, the original Air Bud made a lot of money, right? I'm, I mean, I'm on just it right the, now I looking. I mean, marketing for sure. Uh, I mean, it says website, the gross. Is, I don't know what the gross box office means. If that's only when it was in theaters. But that was $25 million. Or, yeah, $25 million. And yeah. the budget was $3 million. It's a pretty good, it's pretty good money just for that yeah. one movie. On this website, which is marriedbiography.com, uh, it says Robert Vince rumors and controversy. Underneath it says Robert has maintained his personal life very secret from the media, so there is no such rumors and controversy. Comma, hence, comma, Robert does have two sons. Whether it's a rumor or real, <laughs> gotta know if these kids are real, man. Who wrote uh, that? This website says his net worth is $18 million. God damn. This is networthpost.org. Uh, networthroll.com slash blog2 uh, has a picture of him holding a dog. That's cool. And then a picture of a completely different person. Uh, and there's nothing about his net worth. Kind of a ripoff, to be honest with you. All right, do we want to take uh, some of the weird questions that we got this week? I'm hoping that between now and the next time we record, there'll be something to talk about. We haven't really talked about the schedule, but I don't really know how much there is to talk about the schedule, to be honest. No. Uh, Robert Vince's brother, (laughs) his younger brother, uh, Bill Vince, who was unfortunately passed, uh, he's nominated for an Oscar for co-producing Capote. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, you know, I totally forgot that uh, Richard Karn, I'm on his IMDb now. I forgot that he was in Pen15. That was like the thing I saw him in recently. It was like the... Oh, I still have to watch that. Dad. Yeah, still have to watch that. That was really good. You should uh, watch that. It's very yeah. good. All right. Uh, let's hop in the questions. We've been talking yeah. about this movie for what seems like four and a half years. Um, okay. First is a question that uh, was sent to us last pod, and we didn't get to, so I told our friend uh, Evan we get to it today, which is, which industry would be most improved by having a ring-the-bell type system? Hmm. Hmm. So a system in which people are able to be, like, uh, able to be uh, highlighted for their achievements by someone ringing a bell? Yeah, in, like, a semi-private, semi-public manner, I would think. My 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 first thought was like live music, like 
like uh, you know you're at a show or whatever and a band finishes a song and the singer is like we, we played this song last night the guitarist over there broke a string and he didn't break a, break a string tonight go on and ring that bell brother just get over there you did it buddy I, I want to ring that bell brother like as a just a social convention like when yeah. someone oh, yeah. Yeah, sure sure when someone like waits in line like they're supposed to at the uh the exit instead of like riding the middle lane and then coming over at the end they get to ring that bell mm-hmm. brother like i want it as yeah. a as a whatever the the opposite of shaming someone for poor social decision making is yeah i want like if you go to an atm and you have more money in your account than you thought there would be you get to ring the bell and if you have less than you thought, it just gives you like positive affirmations where it's like, hey, hey, you're good people. That's the foundation of everything. <laughs> Let's just go on with your day like that. Um, here, you give me a few more. I know you took a bunch down. I have, I have some as well. Yeah. Um, this is from Slip and Jimmy, and I'm not going to answer the question. I'm just going to use that as a launching off point for a quick story. Uh Slip and Jimmy asks, if you had to build a starting five using fast food chain chicken sandwiches, which sandwich would play each position? Uh, I don't eat enough fast food to put five full sandwiches in there, but everyone's talking about the Popeye sandwich. And I'm like, I, don't, I should probably go get the Popeye sandwich, be part of the discourse, you know? Be part of, you know, it's a cultural phenomenon. I could tell my kids one day I ate the Popeye sandwich. Uh, I don't live too far from a Popeye's, but I didn't feel like getting off my couch just to walk to Popeye's by myself yesterday. So I'm like, oh, it's 2019. We have apps. Uh... So on like Grubhub, in order from the Popeyes is nearby, but it's a five dollar delivery charge and a ten dollar minimum. So you're spending Ooh. at least fifteen dollars. Or you can go to DoorDash, uh, and I think it was like a twelve dollar minimum, no delivery charge. And I'm like, cool, I can save three dollars. I want, th- and also like I'm one person. I'm gonna get fifteen dollars worth of Popeyes. Come on, it's gonna go bad. This stuff doesn't keep well. So. After a lot of kind of back and forth debating last night, I ordered it on DoorDash. Uh, and it was at going to the Popeyes on Broad and Christian. And I'm like, cool. And I can watch the guy be in there, whatever. And it says, the guy's at the Popeyes. Hey, give me his name or anything like that. being prepared. All of a sudden, that guy vanishes. And then it's like, your Dasher is on the right of the store. It's this person now. And uh, it's like, all right. It's like, he's on the way to the store. gets to the store. And it's like, all of a sudden, it vanishes. And there's like, they give me a third Dasher. Oh, man. And I'm like, something's fucking up. And then they eventually cancel it because the store was out of sandwiches. But why did wow. it take them three or four people to just say, hey, store's out of sandwiches. Cancel this guy's order. Because I was sitting there for another 40 minutes starving my ass off because I just wanted a fucking sandwich. And then I heard Cosby's and it was here in like terrible. 20 minutes. That, that's I was awful. real hungry. And when you're really, really hungry, you make bad food decisions. Like I ordered a spicy cheesesteak from Cosby's, which is delicious, but was a bad food decision for my belly. Yeah, I still haven't uh, gotten. I still haven't gotten down to have the sandwich. Uh, the nearest one is like fifteen minutes south of Seattle. It's really weird mm, that there's not a Popeyes. Um, there used to be a Rita's down there too. I hadn't been to it, but they closed down mm-hmm. for good uh, after last summer, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Dan's bad tweets asked us. Uh, you can take four of your favorite musicians. He later expanded. We said we can use five if you want. Living and dead. Uh, and make your own super group. Who would be the choices? And he said, what's the band name? I don't have a band name in mind. Actually, no, I, I, I actually didn't come up with a band name either. I have one, but I'll, and I'll explain that. Um, do you have members? I do. So so I kind of, for this one, um, I went with more of a, like a Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young thing. Like mm, four songwriters sure. who I think would be like really dope together. Um, be like Vir- your boy genius did. 
Yeah, but instead of like, because mm-hmm. I, I feel like what ends up happening is it's like, okay, so you're gonna have like Van Eddie Van Halen, and then you're gonna have you know Neil Peart, and it's like, okay, this band's gonna like sound really good and be tight, but the mm-hmm. music's gonna suck ass, yeah. um, and like they're not ever going to be a band I'm gonna see live. I'd much rather have like, okay, give me like four good songwriters together doing some cool project. Like if it's like yeah, like, like a traveling Woolberry is a fountain, uh, a um. Uh, Monsters of Folk, uh, Boy Genius kind of deal. Yes, exactly. Um, I went with uh, David Byrne, Prince, David Bowie, and Beck. Just because I think that would be really interesting. Very good. Yeah, I, uh, I think they would. I think whatever they would do, I have no idea what it would sound like, but it would be cool. Right. We both have Prince, by All the right. way. Uh, I went full band. I went five people. Um, and these are just five people who I think. It's three wacky weirdos, and then just like a, a a a good tight solid rhythm section that I think could just kind of tie it all together and kind of keep the wacky weirdos kind of tightened in a little bit. Uh, so my drummer I picked Janet Janet Weiss, uh, now formerly of Slater Kinney, uh, I think one of the best living drummers, if not the best living drummer, uh, for bass and uh, one of an elite level backing vocalist, uh, REM's Mike Mills. Mm. I added him in there. Um, I got Prince on guitar and vocals and arrangement things. Um, on vocals alone and some arrangement quirks, I got Bjork. And then finally, as my main my main lead vocalist, kind of band leader, arranger, uh, plays the keys and sings, I have Peter Gabriel. Like, like mid to late 80s Peter Gabriel. Like, here comes the flood era, Peter Gabriel. Plus, he has Brian Eno's phone number for our producing needs. Yeah, I was, but. like, 100% thinking about pr- production, I think, when I when I made sure. this. Because, like, yeah. obviously, I don't think those four, although Beck can kind of play everything, and mm-hmm. David Byrne can, like, play keys, and I guess you just have, like, a couple guitarists, and then whoever's going to play bass. Uh, and a lot of vocalists. But, like, I, I guess yeah. I was thinking more, like, who who would just, like, make cool music? But I like I like yeah. the way you went with it, too. I mean, I just there's a re- very real chance that like either Bjork or Peter Gabriel are immediately quitting this band, but I think it's annoying. And my uh, my band name for it, which is very bad, will be Chlorine, but with a K. Because when I was a kid, uh, my brother and I and my friend Steve, uh, we used to sit down with pieces of like loose leaf paper and we would draw album covers for fake bands we made up and make like track lists and shit. And Chlorine was a band that I had made a logo and everything. And then all the members of Chlorine, I eventually like started creating in like Madden and 2K and shit. So it was fun. I was a very cool young kid, <laughs> as you can tell. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, here's one from uh, Timothy uh, Boucher. I apologize if that's pronounced incorrectly. Uh, if you had to legally change your surname to a current Sixers players, whose would it be? You know, I thought about this a lot. Um, I, I tried to think about what would sound good with with Rappaport. Um, with, with Max, you mean? Or I'm sorry, with Max. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I think I think probably probably James Ennis. Mm. Like Max Ennis is okay. Max Smith is fine. Zaire. Um, I thought about Thibault. That'd be, that'd be really annoying to tell people how to spell that. 
The rest sure. sound kind of bad. Like Max Simmons is fine. Max Horford's not good. Max Embiid's bad. Max, Max Scott. Korkmaz? Max Harris. What was that? Corkmaz. No. Korkmaz? No. Neto's really bad. Max Milton actually is low key kind of kind of nice. That is kind of nice actually. That sounds like a uh, like a city councilman. Yeah. Oh, you know who I missed is Max Burke. I think would be kind of good. No, that'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm gonna go with uh, Burke actually. I like that a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking just going simple with Scott, uh, as Mike Scott's is, Mike Scott's actual first name is in fact James. Um, uh, but I think I mean, <laughs> I kind of wanted to go Embiid. <laughs> You're like, wait, your name is Jim Embiid? I'm like, yeah, no relation. Um, but I got, I think I might go with uh, Pell. Oh, that's a good Pell. one. Yeah, if I can't use Coach Brown, I can't do Jim Brown. Which is great. I think I kind of want to do Pell. I wish good. TLC were still on the team. I feel like that'd be a power move to go <laughs> Jim <laughs> Max Luavu-Cabro. Yeah. I mean, Shara should be a good one. Yeah. Um, but just, it's... Jim as a name is, like, so simple. We're, like, so, like, Jim Smith, Jim Harris, Jim Richardson. They sound like just whatever. Uh, and then when you put, like, kind of the more... Some of the more uh, uncommon last names, like an Embiid, even a Horford, or a Thibel it just sounds so mismatched, you know? Where it's like, that can't be your first name and your last name. Those two, those two don't go together at all. So it's kind of kind of hard to find that balance, but I think Pell works. Also, I was just, I was in my head uh, going through like, okay, so Jim Neto, Jim Bolden. Is Jim Milton's a, a character from Red Dead, right? Um, I don't know. I haven't played Red Dead. Hold so that up. Uh, Did you ever finish the game? No. Oh my uh, God. I started playing... 2k a bunch then i started playing the show i'm going back to it eventually but um jim o'quinn wouldn't be bad oh you know what jim milton knew, was i, I people... think jim milton was the name that john marston uses at some point as oh, a fake okay. name which is a very bad sure. fake name for a john marston actually i i it was well, not too bad though because i was doing some reading on uh the, what's the fucking blank on what it's called uh, witness protection program mm-hmm. and a lot of times they'll either let you keep your first name or give you a name that sounds similar initials wise to your actual name because you need to be able to respond to it hmm. like if if they're like oh so you've been answering to max your entire life they can't be like oh your name's thomas now because you're gonna be found out right away because you're not going to answer to thomas yeah and when someone says max you're going to respond so they got to kind of keep it close uh, he's like the best lies are the most believable ones. So like basically you need to change as few details as you actually need to change in order to make it all believable. Which makes sense. All right. What are the questions you have? Uh, here's one from Chris Rodden. Uh, who is the player on the Sixers you want to, you want the least uh, to miss 15 to 20 games in the middle of the season? Let's just say it's like a hamstring injury and they'll be come back 100%. Uh, but who would you absolutely least want to miss for 15, 20 games uh, in the middle of the year? Um, I, I think the obvious answer is Embiid, but I actually think, I think the, the person who wrote this question also had a little note in a reply that said, uh, you know, they, they feel like Al Horford probably can, can shoulder yep. the load a little bit, which I agree with. I, I think Ben Simmons is probably the guy, right? Like the drop off from Ben Simmons to Trey Burke and Raul Neto is pretty, pretty rough. Yeah, it's, I think it's definitely Simmons too. But at the same time, I mean, fifteen twenty games is a lot. You could 
you know, kind of go on a skid around that time. But at the same time, this is a team that's built for playoff play. So, yeah, it'll start to lose somebody for 15, 20 games in the middle of the year, but really it shouldn't impact you uh, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, if the question was like, you're gonna one of these players will be missing for the first three games of the playoffs guaranteed, who would you at least like it to be? I think my answer would probably still be, it would be and be then, but uh, it, Simmons is a very close second, but I, I'd be less worried just middle of the regular season. But I do think the answer is probably Simmons, just because that, that drop-off is, is enormous. Uh, Landry Slamet asked, uh, better team name, the LA Carjackers, the Seattle Simeons. I, I hate the way Seattle Simeon sounds, so I'll go with the Los Angeles Carjackers. It feels weird, man. It feels bad. It just sounds really bad. It feels bad to say out loud. Like, I feel like it's offensive. Yeah. Like, it feels bad. Um, if you could put any non-starter from any uh, another team on the Sixers, who would it be? Are we treating Lou Williams as a non-starter? Does he start? Because that's also my answer. <laughs> Yes. Let's Lou say Williams. non-Lou Williams edition, because I think Lou Ooh. Williams is both of our answers. Landry Shamhead. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Uh, kind of, though. Eric Gordon? Eric Gordon start? I'd rather have Landry Shamhead. Iguodala? Well, I guess he might be starting this year. I don't know how that'll work there. Yeah, let me pull, let me pull up a depth chart real fast. Take a look at this. Uh, I feel like there might be a big big one we're missing um fred van vliet see i think I, I, yeah i mean demontis sabonis so demontis sabonis was a finalist for the six man of the year last year which was never going to be anybody's award but lou williams's mm-hmm. and the other two on there were montrez harrell who i think will probably be starting this year and demontis sabonis and i think those are both good options because those give you actually quality rotational young bigs uh and sabonis can shoot um, which is something that's very valuable. You know, we're 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 both wrong because the answer is Spencer Dinwiddie. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. I want it. I want Spencer Dinwiddie though. That's fine, but I don't. I don't think it really matters to me. I don't. I think Spencer Dinwiddie is overappreciated. He's obviously very good, but I think he's overappreciated. What about like? I'm trying to think of who might count, like sneakily count. Do free agents count? Can we just like Joachim Noah? <laughs> sure. It can can I say Joachim current Noah. current aged Manu Ginobili? That could work. Kyle Kuzma wouldn't be bad if he doesn't start for them, which he probably He's, won't. I, I don't know what's going to happen now. It's weird. Yeah, because I mean, it's weird because like he's definitely like, the third best player on that team, but there's a chance he doesn't start. And like you could you could argue the same thing like if the injuries weren't what the injuries were in Golden State, James Russell probably wouldn't have ended up in Golden State. But like, there's a chance that he could have been a kind of a, a super super like sixth man. In which case, he might be the answer. You know, I'm looking right now. It's possible JJ Redick comes off the bench for the Pelicans because they have Holiday, Lonzo Ball, Ingram. Zion and Derek Favors. I think that's a reasonable thing. Yeah. That's possible. No. Rashawn Holmes. Uh, all right. Um, let's see if I have any more here. Uh, Carly asked on, on Twitter, uh, who do you think will be on the next season of The Masked Singer? 
Jim, did you, you watch know, the I didn't Singer watch, at all? I didn't oh, watch man. The Masked Singer. No. I had this real good. to know things, though. So, like, I didn't watch any of it, but I would watch, like... I would, Recaps. like... But, no, not even that. Like, whenever, whatever night it was on, I would, like, look at the hashtag on Twitter to see who the people were. Mm. I never... I haven't watched a single second of the show. It's a good but show. But I'm, like... I feel like, like I saw, like, Terry Bradshaw was one. I'm like, oh, that's funny. But, like... I feel like I needed to know who it was, but I'd never watched it. I definitely want to see more former athletes on the show. So the the idea of the Masked Singer for anyone who hasn't watched it is basically it's like American Idol, except everyone's in a big costume and every week they eliminate someone. And then the point is actually not so much. Well, it is a singing competition and people get eliminated based on a fan vote. But then you have to kind of guess who the person behind the mask was. So, like yep. Jim said, it was like Terry Bradshaw, and I think the person who won was um, T Pain. So some of them are was actual Antonio singers. Brown on it too. Antonio Brown was on it, and he was actually pretty good. Um, some of them are really bad. Others, it's like you think they're a professional singer, and it's actually just some actor who's really good. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Who I'd want to be on the next season? I think like like Charles Barkley would be fun. Like I think like a former NBA player, Shaq would be fun. I want more more non-singers. Probably like half of them were professional singers, and that's just less interesting to me. I want someone like who's like not like necessarily like an A-list person, but like someone that's kind of like out of left field. Like, give me like a Sam Rockwell. You know, okay. give me like a Scott Kahn. Give me anyone from the expanded oceans movies universe, <laughs> except for Casey Affleck. But give me like a. Uh, Oh, I don't know. Give me one of the other, like, four dudes that were in Go Bull Hunting. That, like, everyone forgot about. Someone like that. Sounds good to me. You gotta watch the, the show, give me the, I think give it's me coming the other back guy, Give me the other guy who's not on The Walking Dead who was in Boondock Saints. Whatever that guy's name is. He's probably not busy. Get him on there. Do we have any other good questions? I don't know. I mean, we've been doing this for a while now. We've been we've been Ooh, going boy. a long time. We're gonna need to, to save. We might need to save some questions for next time because, yeah, I don't think anything's gonna happen between now and September tenth or whatever, whenever it is. We do the next one. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, so let's just wrap it up here. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks. If, I, I strongly doubt you made it this far. You probably turned off about five minutes in. Um, but if you want to go and watch MVP two most value most vertical primate, keep doing that. Um, feel free; it's still on uh, Amazon Prime uh, with a Prime account. You can watch it. Spymate is on HBO Go. Uh, and yeah, man, uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. See ya.
What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 